Yo, thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Winner's Paradigm Podcast. Today's going to be another special one. We got my friend, Dr. Jenna Graham, talking about it. She goes by Dr. GMP on social media. She's amazing at what she does. We talk about her memoir of really diving deep into helping people with uh, traumatic events as a child and even PTSD. We talk about building a community, you know, finding faith, figuring out for you what's going to help you get to that next level. And I even talk about my own experiences, you know, falling out with God, being upset and really tapping into things to be able to get me to rewire that mindset, you know, reconfigure, recalibrate, figure out, hey, how do we get to the next level? This is the episode for you. If you're going through that right now, let's fucking get it, guys. I've got my story, you got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then look the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you wanna win, you gotta recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left, the winner's paradigm. Yo, what is happening, y'all? It's Lundis. This is the Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. I haven't jumped on here in a very long time, and I've been just grinding at the Winner's Paradigm, you know, and figuring out, hey, what's the direction we're going? What are we tapping into? How are we going to help people? What kind of things are we unpacking and showing people, hey, what peace looks like when you finally are able to get through years of trauma, frustration, pain being built up. So in order for us to keep this message going, I need you to drop a five-star review and a rating and let me know how this show's helped you so we can keep the shit going. Now, the second thing I want to say is um, go to myfitlife.net if you use the code uh, TWP20, you get 20% off all products. These are the products I'm using as well. So I don't promote something unless I'm using it. Last thing I just want to say is uh, do fucking you. Do what fulfills you. Do what makes you happy. Do what's going to allow you to be able to get to that next level, to hit whatever it is, to be able to get over that goal. Because you may not be where you're at right now. Um, and excuse me, you may not be where you want to be right now. But when you look at it in a nutshell, you're one day closer to where you want to be if you're putting that work in. I know it's sometimes we want to beat ourselves up. I do the same thing, you know, where I'm working on the business, working on the podcast. And it's like, man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm getting there. It's a journey. So give yourself some fucking grace. Pat yourself on the back and tune into the Winner's Paradigm podcast. If you really want to fucking win, let's get it. Dr. General Grant, thank you so much for coming on the Winner's Paradigm. It was an honor learning about you, number one, but I can't wait to be able to jump into it. So before we get going on who you are, uh, let or excuse me, before we get going, let's start on who you are, what you're passionate about today. Um, so who I am is I am Dr. GMP, which that stands for Dr. Graham and Purpose. Um, I've lived through, you know, I'm 40 plus years now. I've crossed that 40 yard line. So I have some life experience um, that I like to share with people. And so I run a business, I run a nonprofit, um, I help people wherever I can. I'm very active and a leader in my church. And so anywhere I could be a blessing to anybody is what I was trying to do. And with my memoir, Cyanidation, um, The Refinement of My Life, I take my backstory and kind of pull it forward and use that as a talking piece to help anybody that I can. 
I love it. And, and let's start there first, because that's something that resonates with me uh, as of going through, you know, traumatic events or just tough things in childhood, period, to where even when you get to the adult years, it's something to where we think one way, but it's not that we think that way. It's just that's the way it was well ingrained into us. So we may not understand other things. So for me, it was in the form of my father-in-law being like, hey, if you were in my situation, uh, what would you do to your brother-in-law? Like, kick him out of the house. And he's like, is that something that's good that you believe in? Or is that something that happened to you? And I'm like, you know what? That's a damn good question. Like, maybe I need to go back to the drama board and fix some things. <laughs> so, so what was that like for you, you know, when you're writing the memoir and now, you know, you're teaching those things to people where you're like, the, tra the traumatic events that you went through molded you into who you are today, but it doesn't justify, you know, who you are. And that's why you do all these bad things. You can always rewrite that narrative. Exactly. Um, I am a living testimony of that, that your beginning doesn't have to dictate who you are. And there was a point in my life um, when I became a parent, um, because I was a teen parent, I used my opportunity as a teen parent to say, okay, these are all the things that I've lived through. Now, how do I want my son's future to look? And so I behaved in that manner. And so I became a better person, a better parent, a better daughter, uh, and a better you know, person in the community, active in the community because of that. Um, because I could have chosen and said, okay, my life was crap and all these things happened to me. So now I'm going to do the same thing that everybody else because hurt people hurt other people. But Love if that. you stop that, <laughs> then you, you change the game. So, yeah. <laughs> No, I love that you mentioned that because that was something I went through to where it was, you know, uh, when I was younger, my dad had girls coming in and out and kind of same deal for mom. You know, she justified it a different way. And it was one of those things where it's like, period, you see people coming in and out and that's what you think's okay. And my dad was just that dude, you know, gets all the girls, coolest dude. And then I'm the awkward one. I go through all these things, you know, don't really get social cues because I just don't, you know, I, I think about everything about being reactive because Normally it was like, hey, you're going to get hit, you know, reading things, parents, heavy drinkers. So it was something for me, you know, learning these things. And when it brought it down to the legacy type style of it, uh, that's where I was thinking, you know, when the daughter was born, I was deathly terrified to have a son. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to have a son because what am I going to do? You know, mess with them because my dad used to come up to me like, hey, stop being a little bitch or whatever it is, you know. And it was funny where it's like, yeah, you know, it was comical at the time and he made it into that and it molded me to be tough. But it was like, how am I going to be that man to my son? You know, am I going to repeat these same things that I don't like? Or is it going to be, you know, teaching him and saying, hey, you know, you can measure in all aspects. So it's something now, you know, where I look at things and I'm like, man, I have a better um, scale and I'm able to see exactly full circle of, hey, you know, this is what certain things are. This is why, you know, you're molded this way. So now, I, you know, daughter came along and then it changed everything for me to where I'm like, I don't even have those thoughts. You know, I don't think about those things anymore because I've worked on myself so much to be better to where it's like, yeah, you're accepting of these things that we traditionally, you know, would be like, no, that's against us. That's against who we are. Like, no, just let them be them. Because again, you know, we complain about all these things that we wanted. And then we go on to our kids and we pass on these, you know, fictitious uh, beliefs and try to get them to conform to what we want. And it's like, hey, we did that from the get go. So when, when you're teaching on that level, you know, and you're showing people, hey, you can rewrite it because in your case, you've done it as well. Um, what does that look like when you're able to break that down for people where they just don't get it because they're like, these people I'm dealing with, you know, are one way and they're never going to change because I've been there and it's so damn stressful. Um, one phrase I used to get through to people is like, if, if you don't do anything different, how are you going to expect a different result? 
And so one of the things that I walk people through is like, okay, so talk me through a traumatic situation and then what happened. And if you were in control, what could you have done differently or what would have, what could have happened to change the outcome of it? And usually just talking through that um, brings a different light. And then you just banner back and forth and give ideas. It's like, okay, so if this situation happens again, or you see someone else in a similar situation, what advice would you give based on your situation? And it's, it's you know, one person helping another, helping another, and it's a, a chain reaction. And, and that's what community is based off of. I, I love that so much. And in, in let's touch on community, because you, you said that, and that's huge. Um, so when we want to change our lifestyle and we want to be able to change, you know, what we're living into, how big is community there to where when we start surrounding ourselves, you know, with people who are thinking differently than us, you know, that are challenging their beliefs, uh, it definitely helps us on that scale. Yes. Um, one of the big things, especially because of COVID, we have to redefine what we mean about Community, what it was 50 or 60 years ago, is not the same as it is today. Today, we have access to more information. Today, we have access on a global level. You know, us even just doing this conversation, living in different states, wouldn't have happened 50 or 60 years ago. Um, so you have to open your mindset and broaden it. And when you both and everyone is on the same page about making things better, whether you agree on semantics or exactly what that means, all of that will come together when you have the heart to help. <laughs> I love that so much because it was me looking at it. You know, uh, I was always taught that way of, oh, you know, think this way. For my mom's case, um, she was very direct on certain things. And my stepdad was racist, so he did not like black people. So it was don't dress this way. You know, they're ghetto. And it was just like, wow, we think that way. You know, so it was something for me where it was like always fighting them, arguing everything. Because I'm like, is that just the way you assume things about people? But then I went back, you know, when I started thinking about things and I'm like, maybe it's just about them and, you know, the way they were brought up or they didn't, you know, uh, weren't accepting of all people. You know, they say some rights or they make the jokes or whatever, but it was really tracking the thing down. Like, all right, you know, I understand where they are. You know, it doesn't excuse uh, the attitude or the way they act or mm -hmm. the way they pressure you into something. Like, for instance, I seen something yesterday. Um, it was my daughter's birthday, but it was my, my one of my mentors, good friends. Now it was his son's birthday. His son turned 11. He wanted to get uh, ear piercings. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to take my son. You know, I did that when I was younger. And I got happy seeing that because I was like, man, if I wanted to do that, my parents were like, you're gay. You know, so I want to get a nose piercing when I got older and got out the military. And they're like, oh, talking shit about it. And I'm like, OK, like, I don't care because it was something I wanted to do. But when I was fixated, you know, in that environment of people who are telling you who you can't be, you're not this, you know, and I'm like, man, I've dealt with this my whole life. You know, I go to the, the black, get my black friends and they're like, hey, man, you're not one of us uh, because it, you act a little bit different. I'm like, yeah, I didn't grow up with any of the black side of my family. And then I go to the Mexican side and they're like, you don't speak Spanish. You're not one of us. So back to it, you know, trying to figure out my way. And it was something funny where I seen that simple thing yesterday. And I was like, man, that's pretty awesome. Like now we can be able to break that cycle. We can be able to teach people things to where traditionally they wouldn't think that way. You know, they don't feel accepted, whatever it may be. And in my case, it was something like that, where it's like, I've always pushed that barrier and, and mm -hmm. challenged it, but it was learning it for myself the hard way and being able to say, Hey, you know, you can be exactly who you are. You just got to act that way. And in my case, it was something like that, where I remember growing up and I would be you know, upset at my stepdad. And I'm like, Hey, how is it that you're the one raising me? But if I dress a certain way or I put something on, you know, 
then all of a sudden I'm ghetto and I'm labeled as something versus you just understanding, like, it's just me expressing myself. And it was something where he would get very upset about it. And I'm like, cause he knows he's wrong. You know, it's like, you're, you're the one teaching. So it's a reflection of you as the leader. So that was something that I learned and I really loved it. So thank you for, for capping on that. Cause that really uh, blended in exactly with that lesson I just learned. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> I appreciate you. Well, Let's jump on it. So I know you built the nonprofits. Um, what was that like building that community and really setting that up for success? Because I know a lot of nonprofits, you know, uh, people jump into it and they either know all about doing it or it's one of those where they're trying to figure it out. And like, I don't know how to do this. There's so many different elements of it. And I know in your businesses, uh, you have a lot going on. You love to provide services for people. You're helping people, you know, dramatically change their lives on the education factor if they didn't know, or maybe if they did know, you're giving them the tools to really get them to the next level. Cause a lot of times, you know, we don't have the access to those things. Right. So what I try to do is just educate people, be true to yourself. You know, first of all, education costs a lot. So whether you're trying to go to college, whether it's a trade school or whatever you're trying to do, just be realistic. If going to college and going through another four or six, 12 years of school is not for you, that's fine. There's other ways to make money. There's other ways to be happy. Just know that, own that and walk in that. Um, you don't have to go to an expensive university. You can get skills. You can get certificates. It's all about what you're trying to do and how much money you have to spend. What we have to stop doing as we've accumulated over $7 billion in education debt is just continuing to going to school and not getting the return on the investment in the marketplace so that we can pay those pay that debt off. So the best way to avoid, you know, getting into student debt is um, getting scholarships and just be educated on the front end versus the back end of how to properly manage that expense. I, I love that you mentioned education, especially when we're talking about the nonprofit side and that, because it's something like people don't do. And I love that you did that because again, you know, people want to be like, oh, I started because of this mission. But in your case, like you went from the education factor because you're like, man, I went through it as well. You know, and that's something I did. Uh, I went to the military. Yes, I got a business management degree, a bachelor's. And I was thinking about, you know, going higher up later. Uh, but at this point in time, I run my own businesses. So if I want to do it later, then I absolutely am. But it was something for me where it's like going through it and business management's cool, but it really teaches you how to be the supervisor of the business, how to run it, how to, you know, look after the politics side and how do you talk to this person? And it was something for me, like going through it. And I'm like, man, I told myself I'm committed to getting this school done. So I'm going to do it because I do what I'm going to do. Uh, or excuse me, I do what I say I'm going to do. But it was something where it was like, again, it didn't resonate with me because I'm writing these papers and I'm talking about my experience. And they're like, that's not how you would handle it. And I'm like, hey, not all situations are going to be the same. But in my case, you know, it was going back to the experience factor, talking about the military, me being a leader, being my own boss and running, uh, starting basically a new business in the, in the Marine Corps because we brought up a unit from the ground up, which means everything had to be written the standards on procedures, et cetera. You know, so I was taking that into college and they're not liking me because they're just like, hey, you know, use this tactic. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to work. Like I've done that before. It's just not going to work. Why would I want to spend my time doing that? I could do something that works. And they're laughing at me and they're looking at me like, really, you know, you're the one challenging it. But it was something for me that, yes, it allowed me to grow because I have both to where it's like, yeah, I've done the work on that side. I also, you know, have interviewed a hundred different people on podcasts and talked about how they did their businesses and that. So it was something cool for me where it's like, you can get that education in so many different ways, 
but I actually learned more when I took it on my own to be able to go out, you know, get on podcasts, learn from other people, listen to them, read the books to where it's like, yeah, you know, that education, you can go to school and it's going to work for you. You know, if you're in a specific field, but in my field, it was like, yeah, help me, but it gave me the, the basic knowledge to where when I started having those conversations, it transformed for me. So really love how you jumped into that. Um, let's go into, you know, the, the coaching factor. So when you're working with your clients and you're really teaching there, is there a specific method that you like to go with that's going to allow them to kind of absorb the information or you just kind of see where they're at on their scale and then see, hey, you know, this is what's going to be able to be the best, you know, for this particular time because we can set you up with that sturdy foundation. Right. It's really based on the client and where they're at uh, because, Happiness and goal setting is different to different people. Some people want to be a millionaire and have all the power and money in the world. Some people just want to have, you know, solid families, solid income and be able to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And so you just take that, whatever their vision is, and then I support them in their vision, in their terms in ways that they can understand that are achievable because it doesn't do me any good to throw, you know, my two PhDs at them and the information that I have. And that's not what they're looking for. That That's silly. Absolutely. And that's kind of why I asked you that exactly was I wanted to see, you know, from you, how simple you break it down. And you're like, hey, this is exactly what we can do for you. Because I know sometimes they see the PhD and they're like, oh, shoot, you know, you're, you're going to be able to have all this information and I'm not going to be able to obtain it where it's like, that's not what happened. So right. I love that you mentioned that. That was amazing advice. Um, but we talked a little bit about the memoir earlier. Uh, I'm asking, you know, because eventually I'm going to get down that same road and, and write something like that or I'm thinking about doing a book and, and talking about resiliency and then jumping into it. So for you, when you're writing that memoir, did you feel that there was anything, you know, maybe limiting beliefs or maybe some trauma that you needed to process while you were doing it? Because you're while you're doing it, you know, all those thoughts come up, the emotions, you're writing it into that memoir. And then you're like, hey, you know, maybe this didn't resonate with me because uh, or excuse me, maybe this did resonate with me, but it brought up some emotion that Maybe I pushed to the back to the side for years that I didn't know. Uh, but when you're in the moment of doing it, you're like, man, you know, all this emotion's coming. It's a good thing that it's coming because now you can be able to process it. But what was that kind of like, you know, if you had any of those feelings or when you did, we should say. I do. And so this is where it gets like really, really spiritual, because I tell everybody that God led me to write the book and he gave me the stories. So I don't have the complete like if you're looking at 100% grid, what I've given in the book is only maybe 15% of the things that happened to me. But he gave me the stories in the order that kind of tied together to give a big picture. And so, yes, did I have emotions? Yes. Was there some um, dealing with things and reliving of situations? Um, yes, of course. Um, but with my belief and my how I study faith now and my teaching from the church that I come that I go to Heaven's Harvest Ministries, I have the tools that I need to get past that. And I was able to write the book with God's guidance to give what was needed to get the message across. Boom. I love it. And, and you know, what's funny is uh, I, I kind of went on that when I was younger, you know, I had a problem with the church just because of the way we were living and so forth is we went to a rich church. Part of it was my dad's an alcoholic and he was abusive and then going to church, painting the picture and then going back to it, whether it was like a Saturday night service and then going into it. So I fell out kind of with God for a while because it was something with me where I was like, all these bad things keep happening in my life. They keep telling you, pray, pray, pray. 
it doesn't work. And I'm like, I keep doing it. I keep dealing with the same things with people. So, you know, that's where my journey started was I lost a lot of friends. I lost my grandfather. You know, don't get me wrong. I still got closer to God within that time frame. But mm-hmm. for me, what really did that switch is I got into more spirituality, uh, breath work. And I was like, oh, breath work is a form of prayer. That's funny. <laughs> or, or breath, that prayer is a form of meditation, breath work, same deal. Uh, so it was something where I was like, man, you know, doing this got me closer to God because I stopped you know, worrying about the external factors of it or the community or, you know, how people see it and just start seeing people as people. And I'm like, hey, you know, if you're living this way, like the Bible says, then do this. And if there's something that you don't agree with or what, then don't agree with it. And it was something for me where it's like, I used to be just fighting points and arguing with people. And it's like, man, that's not how it is. You know, you either live the way you want to live or you're going to keep making excuses. And for me, you know, all those things led into it. I'm so glad that that happened because it allowed me to get to that spiritual journey, you know, allowed me to get to that mm-hmm. bottom to where, you know, I was a heavy drinker. And the last time I, I seen one of my best friends, I said, I was going to kill myself. And it was like, yeah, you know, cause all these things were going on and I'm suppressing my emotions. So it didn't matter at that time, you know, I had God, I'm going to church, I'm doing all these things, but yeah, it's, it's going to help to an extent, but not if I suppress those emotions. So for me, you know, tapping into those things allowed me to be able to see it differently to where I'm like, okay, maybe God's plan is right. You know, maybe things did happen along this line because I needed to learn something, you know, maybe I was uh, just going a million miles a minute to where it's like, I need to be able to calm down. And then definitely, you know, being a parent, I'm like, man, it's, it's complete game changer. Cause it's like, I don't even think that same way anymore. You know, and me and my wife were talking about that yesterday, actually. And she was just like, uh, we're talking about like new year's and it was like, Oh, do you want to do something? And I'm like, well, she can't drink. I don't drink anymore. And it's like, that's not the way I want to go into the new year. Like, why do I want to be going into the new year partying and just really not being myself where it's like, I can be the best that I can be help other people out versus, you know, setting the year up, not on success, hungover, whatever it may be. So it was something funny to where it's like, it went back to that spiritual moment and really went into, Hey, you know, what are we called to do? What are we going to do? How are we going to be the best that we're going to be? So really love talking with you today. We'll wrap it up with the last question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say to the previous version of ourselves Who's looking to recalibrate their mindset. They don't know where to start. They're just trying to be able to get that momentum so they can align themselves to their definition of success. Um, persistence is key. No matter what it looks like, have the goal, have the faith, get the mentor. Mentors are very important. Whatever you're trying to do, um, whether it's parenting or business or school, you need to have someone in your life that can give you good spiritually based feedback um, or even logical re- feedback. My goodness, so much out, out there. That's <laughs> nonsense. But um, grab hold of that. Get those people in your life that are going to keep you grounded and keep you focused and, and move forward. I, I love that again, because that's something, you know, even when you do get that person, like I got a breathwork coach and a really good friend of mine, and I'll contact him and I'm like, hey, man, I have a question. And he's like, you have all the power and resources within you. It's just sometimes you like to get that, you know, extra person to be able to confide in. They can be like, yeah, you know, you're doing something right or whatever, you know. So it's something for me where that was another part of, you know, flipping that switch where it's like, we don't have the tools. Yeah, you have the tools. You just got to do it. If you need that person to bounce that idea off of, or, hey, you know, am I thinking straight? That's perfect. So really love talking with you today, Dr. GMP. Uh, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you, they want to purchase your memoir? We'll definitely have that in the show notes as well. Okay, well, keep up with me, just um, www.drgnp.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I also have a Facebook page, um, Dr. Graham in Purpose. And then all the books that I've written are out on my Amazon. 
Absolutely. So we'll send people that way. We'll have it in the show notes. Thank you again. It was a tremendous honor. Thank you so much for having me. I've got my story. You got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then looked the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I really